Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast. My name is Matt Carroll. I am Jeff Randall. And we are here to discuss the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but specifically this week we are, this episode, we're mostly focusing on Ant-Man. Mr. Scott Lang. Mr. Scott Lang. Focus. Uh, we we are uh, we did a little bit of comics reading, and we just wanted to talk, talk a little bit about the character of Scott Lang from comic books, and uh, talk about the news, which is mostly Ant Man centric, since it comes out in like two days. It's crazy. Actually, like twenty four hours. Roughly, yeah. Yeah, we'll be like watching Ant Man in twenty four hours. That's pretty sweet. Woo. Um. So, what's our news today, Jeff? Well. Obviously, there's going to be some estimates going on, um, talking about Ant-Man this yeah. weekend. Initial estimates for Ant-Man are ranging between 115 and 125 million over the course of the weekend, which is interesting because when Thor first came out, the the first Thor mm-hmm. in 2011, it brought in 108 million on its opening weekend. So they're thinking it's around a Thor level. Yeah, uh, slightly movie. more than Thor, cool. which I mean, it's going to be tough to get the kid, the 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 kid crowd, I guess, since Minions came out last week. Mm. Yeah, that, that is that is a good point. I feel like Ant Man lends itself to a child audience too. Yeah, it might. Some of the reviews I've been reading are saying like like on Rotten Tomatoes, there's one guy that says Ant Man should take itself more seriously. Hmm. That's unfortunate. I hope that's not the case. I mean, I, I don't mind it being funny. And, and based on the, the the preview I saw, as well as there's a clip that's circulating right now, um, It's <laughs> me and Jeff just will actually watch it in the Contest of Champions app. I don't know if it's anywhere else. <laughs> um, Marvel Contest of Champions. If you want to see it, you can uh, log on to Marvel Contest of Champions and watch it. That's the only place I know of. Uh <laughs> Uh, but there's a little nice little action sequence, and it does. The tone seems very uh, humorous. I saw the first six minutes of it uh, in theaters, connected to to the IMAX um, movie I saw a couple weeks ago that I don't remember. Uh, Jurassic World, <laughs> right? That one, Jurassic World. <laughs> I, it did seem very light, very fluffy. Um, but I'm hoping that there's more to it. Well, it's got fairly positive reviews. It's sitting at a 78% on Rotten Tomatoes right now. That's pretty good. That's decent, at least. Um, certainly better than what Minions is, is doing. <laughs> and certainly better than Jurassic World. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I, I can see that. Yeah, 78% is not, not too shabby. <laughs> not the best. Uh, probably one of the... Lesser Marvel movies, I would guess. <laughs> Those seem to get pretty good, pretty good critical acclaim. But this is uh, not. I'm just, I, I'm, I'm, I'm concerned. It's not going to be great, but I'm hopeful. You know, I'm hopeful. It's my only Marvel <laughs> content all summer. It better be good. Ah oh, man, so gotta get my fix, man. That's true. That's no true. movies, no Netflix. This is it. You know, I've been going back and rewatching Daredevil, and we kept talking about how, like, during recording, when we were watching it an episode and then recording, yeah, we were talking about how it 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 was a slow build and seemed to like really easily build up on stuff and like get really explosive when it needed to toward the end of the series. But 
watching it again, like binge watching it just several episodes at a time, it doesn't. It 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 goes. Yeah. Especially after like the fourth episode, it just kicks and just keeps going. Interesting. I don't really remember talking about it being a slow build. I remember the, since that second episode, that fight sequence at the end of the second episode yeah. was uh, was pretty amazing. And from character standpoints, from the very beginning, it was it was great. From the first scene, you know. Yeah. But yeah, I don't remember. You know what character I'm hopeful for? Who's that? The Punisher. The Punisher. Mr. John Bernthal, who I actually watched this afternoon in Wolf of Wall Street. Told I did, you. I did not recall he was in that at all. Um, and it was great. He's great in that. I told you. Yeah, just didn't <laughs> you remember. You don't see him much. It's just, you know, uh, yeah, he's there. Know. He's there. He's there a good bit. I don't know. That movie's very long. That's true. Anyway, uh, speaking of the Punisher, Mr. John Bernthal, he was, he was on set this week, wasn't he? He was. He was. He was photographed on set. Yeah. They're already filming. They're already filming with Mr. Punisher on set of Daredevil. So that's just awesome. It's ridiculous, man. Totally great. <laughs> They're already getting that started. Yeah. Uh, and, and we we talked about it last episode that uh, someone, Jeff Loeb, I think, described it as the third season as uh, Daredevil versus Punisher. Second season. Second, And that right. was uh, co-showrunner, Mr. Ramirez. Mr. Ramirez, right. Arco, um, I believe his name was. one is. of them guys in charge. Um, <laughs> it was definitely a man in charge. Well, uh, that's, uh, I don't know, Just it's just exciting to hear that we might be getting like a, a full season. Ooh, I just realized something. What's that? I just realized something. And I, based on that, um... We're, we're, we're expecting this to come out, out around April, like it did yeah. last year. Mm-hmm. Guess what else comes out in uh, in that same month? Civil War? Civil War. And then we've got two characters who it sounds like they're going to be fighting each other. Yeah. Do you yeah. think this Daredevil versus... Punisher could be a part of Civil War. Ooh. Could be directly connected to Civil War. It's possible. Like, what if they end up on opposite sides of that? It's possible. And then, and then the show, like, literally, just talk about a talk about a strong connection oh, to the man. movies. You know, that kind of makes sense. Um, in the comic, the Punisher was on Captain America's side. I remember that. And. Daredevil, Matt Murdock, would be on the side of the law. Yeah. It would make sense. I don't know where he was, where he stood in the... I don't uh, remember either. But he is one of the few people with a secret identity. Yeah. And, and we've talked about how there's not that many to reveal. Um, but what if, what if Matt Murdock was one of them and revealed the secret identity? You know, in... Um, I think it was one of the first... Or one of the setups for... The Mighty Avengers, it might have been. Okay. Um, slightly after Civil War, Matt Murdock was kind of being inquisitioned a little bit <laughs> as to his Daredevil um, persona. And he was just like, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know who that Daredevil guy is. And they're like, come on, Matt. C- come on. Everyone knows. Mm. And he's just like, no, no, I just, I'm, I'm Matt Murdock. I'm blind. I can't. I'm a lawyer. 
I don't fight. <clears throat> who was who was inquisiting him? I believe it was She-Hulk. Oh, okay. Well, she should know. She's a lawyer, Or it too. might have been Spider-Woman. I think it was She-Hulk, though. Okay, cool. And so I read that comic a while ago, and I was like, oh, that's neat. It was free on the Marvel Comics app. <laughs> that's neat. So, other stuff we got going on. Um, Mr. Whedon has given a definite, or a definitive, rather, comment about um, that Age of Ultron director's cut that we've been Hope, so desperate to have. Hoping for, yeah. Yeah. And he said it is not going to happen. That is super sad. And um, he does say that the stuff, the extra stuff, there's going to be a bunch of stuff in the extras, in the um, deleted scenes and things like that. But he says, it's always been my ambition never to do a director's cut of anything and always to make the movie with the studio that we both want to make. Ultron was very complex. There was a lot of back and forth. My instinct is no. Just as an artist, I'm super fucking lazy, and that sounds like it would be uh, really hard work. <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think there's interest in it right now. You'll see a bunch of stuff on the DVD and extras that were meant to be there. Hmm. Oh, well. It's cool. I'll just, I'll like, I'll piece it together in my yes. head <laughs> or, as or, I watch it. <laughs> we'll just make our own cut. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll just piece the movie together with the deleted scenes where they're supposed to go and make yeah. it all make sense. Uh, so look for that coming from uh, the MCU cast uh, later next year on YouTube. Probably don't look for that. <laughs> <laughs> just, I'm going to go ahead and squash that. Yeah, We're, pro- we're not going to do that. I mean, I, I could. I video edit. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Legit, but all the all the special effects will be what I could do. So there's going to be like paper cutouts of Ultron. <laughs> just like attacking. Trying to th- lift Thor's hammer. By the way, probably my favorite Quicksilver moment in that movie was when he grabbed the hammer. That was great. Just Yeah. <laughs> that was pretty good. You could see that. Because he grabbed it like, oh, I'm going to use the... Oh, God, I can't. I'm going to mess up the path of this... Oh, this is not something that I am able to do. That's pretty, <laughs> that pretty great. Cool. What else we got? Um, That's not... I mean, that's about it. There's a couple of viral videos going on or cool. going around where, like, uh, Lang's first crime is, uh, is captured and the history with Pimtech that Darren Cross has... You know, just a couple of small things, some videos floating around. Also, um, that's floating around was, uh, that came out from Marvel, or yeah, just stuff that's been released, like little viral videos. Okay, cool. We can post them on uh, on our Facebook. Please do, because I haven't seen them. Hmm. Let's see. Oh yeah, the uh, the WHIH exclusive stuff. Like w- one of them is. 2012 Vistacorp break-in security footage involving cyber criminal Scott Lang. Ooh, cyber criminal. I don't think I'd, uh, I knew that he was a cyber criminal in this. Did you not watch that other WHIH exclusive with Leslie Bibb? No. I- I've been kind of avoiding things, and I've broken that today Fair. a few times watching a few clips, but, uh, I'm trying to avoid knowing too much about Ant-Man. I want to go in, I want to go in, uh... Without any expectations. Does it go in dark? Go in dark. (laughs) 
He, um, I saw a, a clip today where he crashed his own daughter's birthday party. Okay. I, I like, uh, should we go ahead and get into the Ant-Man talk? The, the Scott Lang comic books talk? Yeah, probably. Let's I do mean, it. There's not much else other than Tilda Swinton today confirmed that, I don't know if it was today. Anyway, Tilda Swinton this week confirmed that she is going to play the part of the Ancient One in Doctor Strange. Sweet. She said the talks are done. or The talks are so far along that they're not happening anymore, is what she said. Yeah, so it was alluding that it's a done deal. Said it's a done deal, basically. Yeah, she said it's cool. a done deal. That's awesome. I, uh, so Scott Lang, I... Uh, I just we're, we're just going to generally discuss the character of Scott Lang. Uh, if you, if you guys are following along the podcast here, you know that we both read the Ant Man Essential Ant Man Scott Lang edition um, this week. It's just a collection of comic books from the seventies forward that uh, introduced him. Um, and I, uh, I really like the aspect of his daughter. That's kind of what made me like, why don't we just jump into it? Because I really like, uh, the aspect that he has a daughter kind of like, uh, a lot of people have been discussing how it's going to be different to have someone on the team like Spider-Man because he's a, he is a child. Yeah. Um, having a child standing next to Tony Stark, it, it grounds it. You know, it, it just, it's, it's going to be a different dynamic. Um, well, the the idea of having a parent there, I feel like, also gives it a very different dynamic. Um, and so I, it excites me for future movies to have um, have Ant Man in the mix, you know? Yeah, and it's also got at that point, it's got so much more character depth, and there are real consequences, like personal consequences, to the hero failing. Absolutely. Like, instead of, oh, no, the world is going to be blown up, and that would be a shame, because there are things that I like to do in this world, like drink, because I'm an alcoholic, because my name is Tony Stark. It's like, my daughter could die. Oh, exactly. It's not all about some, like, a kind of nameless, faceless public that you've got to save. It's about, like, my daughter is out there. You know, like, that's that's a cool uh, smaller stakes thing we talked about smaller stakes last episode and i think but this it's more is, personal and, and and more relatable yeah and in a way in a way bigger stakes but yes yeah. is you know it's a smaller scale one person one person that he truly cares about and wants to protect <laughs> and of course ant-man would have a smaller scale <laughs> smaller but, um, scale i feel like we've run across that joke like 17 times trying to talk about ant-man we probably have <laughs> um yeah. So, uh, what did you think of the Scott Lang uh, years of the Ant Man comic books? First off, was there an Ant Man comic book? I mean, uh, yeah, I guess Astonishing yeah. Tales. Oh, yeah, the Astonishing Ant Man. Uh, in these books, particularly that we read this time, there were no actual Scott Lang books. They were all Avengers books, or Ant Man and Hulk, or Ant Man and Spider Man. Yeah, team ups and two and ones and. Um he showed up a lot in Iron Man because he was a uh, he was an employee of uh, Stark International, and um, he worked very closely with Tony Stark. But it's so crazy that they can both be superheroes and not suspect the other of mm-hmm. like any yeah, superhero they're, activity. <laughs> they're, they keep their secret identities from each other, even though they're working together in both realms, which was pretty funny. Yeah, it uh, it 
if if that if that if Civil War comes down to that and he has to reveal his secret identity, Ant Man does. Yeah, <laughs> and he happens to be working for Stark at that point. That'd be a great moment. Stark th- insists all the all the think, heroes, you know. I think his identity is revealed, um, at least to Falcon. Falcon's going to be in this movie, by the way. Oh yeah, I, I I'd heard an Avenger was going to be in it, and then I thought I saw him in one of the trailers, but I I tried to turn away because I was like, nope, spoilers. <laughs> Yep, the uh, the Falcon at one point. That's whenever you see in the trailers where uh, he's he has his helmet like up, and he says, "I'm Ant Man." Yeah, no, it wasn't my idea. He's talking to the Falcon at that point, based on one of the clips that I saw. Cool. Maybe that's the after credit sequence when they just have a different black guy come and ask him to join the Avengers. Yep. <laughs> it's like uh, it's like the Iron Man thing all over. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> So, um, first two comics, Marvel premiere number 47 and number 48, where we had, honestly, I think we had one of the best stories in the, in those two issues. Uh, which, is, which ones? Those was the first two where he, oh, uh, yes, yes. Where he got the, where he, he got, got out and suit. yeah, he got out of, of prison and found himself needing to pay for medical bills and he slipped back into his old life of stealing and he just happened upon the right house for Hank Pym. Mm-hmm. And then Hank Pym was just watching him the whole time. Yeah, I liked that at the end. In the end of the book, it's revealed that Hank Pym was in all of the rest of the book just hiding. Not even and shrunk then- down, which I thought was funny. <laughs> He's just like behind a cabinet. I was like, you know, there's an easier way for you to hide, Hank Pym. Nah, nah. <laughs> nope. Which makes so, any sense. So Hank Pym was Yellow Jacket, and in this movie, we've got Darren Cross as Yellow Jacket. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. They're uh, they're taking Yellow Jacket and sticking it on the villain. I guess that's a good idea. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not we'll, sure how they're gonna. We'll see. Go with it, but we'll see. I, I'm a little. I'm just. I'm so fraught about this movie. <laughs> I feel like they're kind of ripping off the Iron Man thing, where you just take the hero and give the villain his suit and make it a little different, and then they fight. You know. Yeah. But we'll see. I'm. 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 I'm optimistic. I. I know I sound real down on it, but I'm optimistic. You do sound a little down on I it. I do. I do. I don't want to be. I don't want to be. I like. I like the movie version of Darren Cross though, because we got we got our look at Darren Cross in uh, premiere forty seven and forty eight, and he was this big hulking dude that needed heart transplants on the constant. Oh in order yeah, to that stay was alive. real creepy. It was really creepy, so and that's a great taking a great villain. With a whole lot of depth to him. Kind of reminded me of uh, Xia Ying, actually. Yeah, a little... Oh, my God! Right? Yeah. <laughs> so, we got him, but then the movie version doesn't have all that goofy look to him. And hmm. just has him as a, a, a cross industries. Like, he is still the owner of the business, but he's not doing dumb things until he gets the suit, I guess. Yeah. That's what it looks like. Hmm. So I I think personally I like the the movie version a little bit better. The comic version was a little bit on the goofy side, but I still really liked the characters. 
They reminded me of like a Mr. Hyde sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. And so I was like, we've already got that. <laughs> Can't have that again. He was bald, though, just like the guy in the movie. Yeah, it's true. I do love that actor. So I'm, I'm hopeful. I promise. I know I sounded down. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> it's just I'm having a crisis of faith. Crisis of Marvel faith. <laughs> I'm really excited. I know I don't sound like it because I'm exhausted because I just worked out like a lot. Yeah, get it. Get it, get it, Drax. Get it. Doing it, man. 420 pounds is a whole bunch of deadlift. Yeah. <sighs> anyway, so all throughout this book, one of the things that I noticed is just how dated it's like it's a very very modern feel for Ant-Man and for the story and everything feels modern uh, yeah pretty pretty modern but But at the same time just in the the background it's so dated oh gosh Tony Stark's mustache I mean (laughs) if nothing else Tony Stark's mustache if nothing else but yeah the clothes the colors everything seems so 70s and then the um, the computers, how they're like, let me put it into the computer bank and see what the printout reads. And I'm like, that's yeah. not how that happens anymore. He said like, something like the data computer. And I was like, what's a data computer? <laughs> Is that different from like what I have at home? You mean a computer. <laughs> I understand this is a new thing for you. But yeah, it's definitely got some dated elements. But, uh, but pretty for the most part, it's, it held up. Uh, the story's held up at least. Yeah, the st- the characters, the story, the um, like the emotions that everybody felt, it all felt very timeless, so to speak. And mm. then he kept making references to like seventies and eighties stuff. <laughs> and, yeah, and I love that Hank Pym is just like, why do you keep making references to this crap? Yeah, apparently, part of Scott Lang's character is that he constantly references movies and TV. Uh, and Hank Pym gets sort of annoyed at him for his constant references <laughs> to movie and TV, which I, and he call, calls him on it. And I, I thought that was pretty cool. And I don't know if they're going to incorporate that into the movie version, but if they're smart, they will because that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, um, it was funny though because he kept referencing old movies and TV. That part definitely didn't hold up. <laughs> nope, <laughs> not at all. But then. Um... I like that he was very meta about how he was about how he was acting because like he would say something, su- something silly, something goofy, and be like, "Man, I've barely been a superhero, and I'm already getting into the really corny lines mm. or the corny dialogue." And I was like, "That's great! It's he's he's a person. He's a real person that understands that this stuff is just goofy." Yeah. But he still does it because he's still a good guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I uh I liked it. I like the criminal with a heart of gold. I like the fact that he's a father. This all has a lot of a lot of good cinematic potential. Um so I'm I'm on board. I'm excited. Yeah. And something else that helped to uh to keep this book kind of in line. As far as um, not being crazy off the wall, is that we have a suit that, like, yeah, he stole it, but it's a suit that's already established and already has 
you know, this list of things that it can do. And yeah, he tinkers with it a little bit, but it's not like everything or every time, every issue, there's a new power that it gains. Yeah. So that's, like, that's we know what's, one. yeah, we know what he can do and we know what seems kind of realistic. That's a good point. And I, you know, they talked about how they're not going to do origin stories. And I do feel like an origin story about Ant-Man trying to learn how to shrink would feel really far fetched, but just having the fact that like, there's already a world where this man knows how to shrink, and he's just teaching it to a new generation, a new character. Yeah. Um, that totally seems like a better way to do it, and less origin-y. I don't want to waste a lot of time on him developing the technology, which I feel like every movie that's kind of technology-based like this, or even even any science-based power like Spider-Man or whatever, there's always like a lot of time spent on... He's developing his powers and figuring them out and, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, this, he doesn't have to do that. It's well, just like, handed like, to him. Like that in uh, in Iron Man, there was that big montage where he was, like, building the suit for the first time and learning how to fly. Yeah, absolutely. And he would be like, this isn't a weapon, it's a flight stabilizer. Yeah. But, I mean, that's that's kind of necessary on, on some of them. And, like... Sure, Absolutely. Um, with, but like it gets old the, after a while of yeah. seeing so many origins and not getting to t- jump into the story because you've got to deal with, all right, we got to explain how this guy got here. And in this one, it's just like, Hey, this guy exists. Yeah, this guy already exists and his daughter already exists and they're bickering about something that has already happened. And mm. you're following this guy just as he's getting out of prison. Let's find out. Yeah. I think it's great. I feel like the movies, the the Marvel Cinematic Universe movies, are uh, are coming together a lot more like comic books now, because before in movies you had to retell everything and assume that everybody knew absolutely nothing and couldn't find any information about previous movies or other stuff or anything else that they were referencing. You just could not fathom stuff being outside of this. But now, since they're all connected and they just they now know that everything is already out there and people can access it. They're just like, all right, tell the story. And you've already created a world where superheroes exist. And so it's kind of yeah. like uh, the old tagline for S- Superman back in the day. The first ever Superman movie was you will believe that a man can fly. Yeah. Because at the time that was the revolutionary thing. It's like, we're going to make it believable that this guy just has a power. <laughs> and now it's like you've you've got a universe where you have 11 movies built up where people have all had powers of some sort. Um, and now you're just going to drop another guy with powers into it. And this guy exists too. And you've also had villains show up that had powers and not really fully flesh out or explain every, you know, like, uh, what's that guy who fights Cap on the boat in the first one? Bart? Mm. Oh, no, that was uh, Batroc the Leaper. Batroc. I want to call him Bartroc, but I was close. <laughs> um, Batroc the Leaper shows up, and he's fighting Captain America, who is a super soldier and has the ability, you know, some, some skills and some super he's, strength. He's got at least a couple of skills. Yeah. And, and, he, and he holds his own. So, obviously, Batroc had some sort of abilities himself or powers. Um and he does fine, and it, but they don't they don't take the time to explain that. They're just like, oh, here's the boss. Like, yeah, it's there's it's, that guy. You just don't even need to know. This is a world where these things happen. <laughs> Which I, you know, I'm glad they've taken their time and established it and didn't do that too soon. Um, but now that you've established it, you're 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 
<laughs> you've got us. We're in. We we yeah. know that there are there are this such a thing as superheroes in this world, and we're fine with it. Like we're in the car, and it's rolling now. Hit the gas. Which is one thing that worries me about this DC continuity. They're dude. They're burning out. <laughs> they're like, like they're stomping on the gas, and you aren't even fully in the car yet. Yeah, for sure. You know, and and I feel like. And maybe as a way of introducing us to the character, they did a lot of team ups in this book. Yeah, you had, you had yeah. Hulk, uh, which I really enjoyed. Hulk. There was the a whole Hulk bunch of Tony line. Stark. A whole bunch of Tony Stark, and that I guess is uh, by virtue of him working for Tony Stark. Yep. And then uh, Ant Man had to get in and travel through Iron Man's suit, which I thought was fun. That was a very interesting aspect. I liked that a lot. Yeah. Because you never you never think about that being a thing. Oh, you always, I never like I've never all or never have thought about Tony Stark's suit being more than like just some stuff. But then when you're that small, that stuff is another world. Yeah, and that's 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 the cool thing about him in general is that we're gonna get this whole everything's gonna be a whole world. Yeah, a whole new world. Stop it. A dazzling place I never knew. Sorry. <laughs> you know, Matt? Yeah? From way up here, <laughs> it's crystal clear. But now I'm in a whole new world. Now I'm in a whole new world with you. Okay, I'm going to stop. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, audience. Sorry, not sorry. Uh, okay, yeah, probably sorry, not sorry. So an interesting thought in uh, in regard to the team up that he had with the thing, which I think was Marvel two and one. Yeah. Um, in that one, you weird, got weird book. introduced. Yeah, you got introduced to the microverse, which for those of you who I guess haven't read it, um, Scott Lang Ant Man uses his shrinking gas or his reduction. Whatever he shrinks down once to the size of an ant, and Reed Richards tells him that to get to the microverse, he can do one more shrinking while at the size of an ant to reduce himself proportionally the same amount. Mm-hmm. So it basically makes him into a subatomic version of himself, kind of. And then a whole extra universe opens up called the microverse. Now, what's interesting about that is that in recent comics, the Wasp, Janet Van Dyne, uh, is has been lost to the microverse. Hmm. And as far as I know, they haven't gotten her back yet. And that's kind of a big thing, because in the movie, we know that Hank Pym is very troubled, and... Um, something happened to his Something wife. happened to his wife to make him not want to be a hero anymore. Yeah, that was revealed like in the synopsis or something. Yeah, so... That could be what happens to her. She could be reduced so much that she goes into the microverse and they think that she's just dead when really she's just in the microverse. That would be interesting. Uh, man, <laughs> to introduce another, yet another uh, place for them to go, like the microverse. Like they've already, They're introducing mystical and cosmic over yeah. these few years. If they introduced a whole other smaller verse with characters that we care about and things, that'd be insane. That would be. I'm kind of excited. I don't want to. I don't want to be like that's exactly what's going to happen to her. But that's a strong possibility. That's a good theory. I think it's a good theory. I kind of doubt it. Uh, I, I think they're probably just going to go with that. She 
died fighting beside him because based on his character Hank Pym's character in the comic books he was so um such a jerk and kind of used her yeah. as his as his <laughs> son. he used he manipulated her as a, someone who loved him into like doing superhero things with him it seemed like uh she seemed in the like, early days yeah. yeah in the early but, days I, then I that's mean, what we read I, I don't know much but if that's any in any way his character if he like was so excited about the science and the superhero of it all and then he didn't uh take care of his wife you know that's yeah. that seems like it might be the case but it would be kind of neat if they brought her back like that'd be awesome yeah in this uh in this book in the ant-man scott lang book there was a uh, a time when you had Ant-Man, Yellow Jacket, and the Wasp all teaming up together. And mm-hmm. Hank Pym was still kind of a dick to her. <laughs> yeah, he was. A little bit. But he did have that, that caring more, like more so this time. Yeah, they made him a lot more of a uh, sympathetic character. In the, yeah. In the, or at least empathetic character in the newer stuff. Yeah. Well, and that you know that comes with with uh, character growth and and different writers and yeah. people wanting to tell better <laughs> stories. That comes with character growth and different writers. Like a, first, you were explaining yeah. it with like a in story sort of like oh yeah, it was just a, it was his arc. He just uh, yeah, totally. he, grew as, he grew as a person. Nope, he just they just got different writers. Well, you know, evolution of comic books and whatnot. Before it was all just, you know, one-shot serials, but now there's, like, multiple... This one of the things that I really like about comics is the multiple issue stories that happen. Hmm. And that, the you know, they leave you on the edge of your seat for an entire month until they get to the next one. Or, you know, something from it picks up in a different issue and you get this really big sprawling story that is just... Incredible, and that, that's that's definitely what I love about the movies. Uh, I think at some point in comics, just because there was so much of it happening, it became too hard to follow because everything crossed over into everything, and you get to the point where you can't read a self-contained story anymore. Yeah, um, but I but I will say, you know, I obviously love that about the movies. Um, it's probably you know, it's it's the part I love is all that deep continuity. So, yeah, and it's a lot more difficult to make that many movies it's really really easy to get a whole bunch of writers and a whole bunch of artists because there's a ton of those it's easy to get a whole bunch of those guys and be like make all the stories but they all have to connect they're like okay yeah they can't conflict with each other and they all have to cross over and you you, more people will read your book if they it crosses over with the avengers and um, it just got okay gets a lot of it's got to control one guy in the back's like i'll handle the microverse Oh uh, yeah. Well, I am excited. Uh, you know, after reading both of these, and I thought, <laughs> I thought it might uh, get away from it, and I think it did with the, the Scott Lang years that we read. Um, I'm wondering how much they're going to focus on his ant abilities. Yeah, I feel like Ant Man. Okay, so Batman doesn't actually use bats. Okay, <laughs> in Batman Begins, he does actually use bats, but uh, once I think he like uses some sort of sonar thing to attract a bunch of bats and send them at an enemy. Uh, yeah. But it's it's a little weird, the whole, like, him actually controlling ants and using them in battle. <laughs> that, that whole thing was a little weird. And he also, he kept calling that one ant Steed. Yeah. Well, uh, they all have names. Yeah. There was a flying ant that was named Emma. 
Uh-huh. There was the one that was named Steed. And there's, uh, uh, and there's so, another one I can't remember. <sighs> he, had, he had a different flying one. Yeah, here's, <sighs> here's the thing. Ants don't live that long. <laughs> <laughs> Um, their lifespans are not that long, and Hank Pym was calling one Steed, and now Scott Lang was calling one Steed, um, and he's sending these ants after these bad guys who could easily squish them. These are not super-powered ants. They don't have the strength of a man. Um, they just yeah, have the strength of an ant. Yeah, but a thousand of them. Sure, exactly, but he's still just, like, sending in cannon fodder to die. <laughs> Yeah. But he's also naming it. It's it, it just seemed a little... Like, if you're just controlling bees and they're mindless bees and you're just sending them at something, that's one thing. But if you're if you're also nicknaming them and keeping them as pets, it's like a weird line to walk. <laughs> <laughs> so that bothered me a little in these comics and would bother me in the movie, too, if he's like, Hey, it's a cute little ant. Hey, little guy. We're friends now. Go attack the man who will easily squish you. <laughs> Run in, die. <laughs> it's kind of how Batman gets a teenage boy in his employ to do some of the fighting for him. Right? Uh, ants are much more extreme. Distract those guys real quick. And so if these I'm are... I'm going to fight the Joker. These can't be the same ants. These ants that he's calling Steed and Emma. They just can't be. But does that mean he's just calling every flying ant Emma and everything he rides Steed? Because that seems... A little weird. <laughs> like, ah, uh, one of you is just the same as all of you, but I'm still going to act like I'm affectionate toward you? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see how they handle it in the movie. I'm, I'm, I'm curious. I'm also curious how much the ants are going to factor in, period. Because I feel like... So, so like as I was saying, Batman doesn't really use bats. He just embodies a bat, right? Yeah. I was I did not know until we really started doing this rewat re, uh, read um, that Ant Man actually commonly uses ants. It's like oh, a, yeah. it's like that's like his thing every time. Yeah, he I shrinks did, down and immediately sends out messages to Hey guys, come to me, do this thing. We're yeah, looking for Hawkeye. That's weird, and I don't really want that in the movie. <laughs> Anyway, we'll see if they do that, if they, if they, or what they do with that. But I, I'm a little skeptical if they actually use ants. Just don't know about it. Well, we've seen in a couple of uh, TV spots and trailers and clips where uh, ants are coming together to like float him over water and make yeah. a bridge, like make yeah. an ant bridge underground. We have, we have, I know. I just didn't. I guess I just thought he was going to be like the Incredible Shrinking Man. You know, I didn't think we were going to get like a straight up ant movie. Um, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I'm we will hopeful. see. We will. See. I, oh, damn, me too, man. Me too. <laughs> like even if they use the ants, I'm I'm going to be excited about it because this is a this is a hero that has not had much spotlight, but one that I I really like. Um. I mean, obviously not as much as Thor, but like he's still he's still neat, and it's a very different take on Marvel, especially on superhero. Yeah, yeah, no, it's totally going to be a different thing, and I'm excited about that. Whew, so, I guess that's all we really got, right? Uh, yeah, I think so. So I guess we can. We can just go to sleep now. Yeah, well, you can. My power's been out for two days, and so 
I have to catch up on like a bunch of editing as well as um, play a bunch of Marvel Contest of Champions. <laughs> okay, that last part I don't have to do. You don't have to, but you're gonna. Whatever. Gumdrop, gumdrop Billy Will Avenge. <laughs> Didn't win my four-star Deadpool. Now I'm very upset. You wouldn't like Gumdrop Billy when he's mad. <laughs> it's even better that Hulk is your main champion. I know. It's so good. Uh, I love every time Hulk is like flexing real big and the camera pans around his face and it says, Gumdrop Billy wins. It just... Uh, <laughs> Just imagine that's every every character that happens in front of. I just imagine they're saying that's their name, and it cracks me up every time. All right, man. Well, uh, gr- great talking to you guys. Great talking to you, Jeff. Thanks for skyping in for a nice short one this week. We're gonna uh, be bringing you guys our Ant Man instant take on Friday. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Very excited. Everybody, go see Ant Man Thursday night, and we'll talk to you on Friday. We are the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast, in partnership with 45 Magazine and a proud member of the Giant Size Team-Up Network. That's right, they changed their name. We're ne- the Helicarry Network is now the Giant Size Team-Up Network. Uh, if you would like to reach out to us online, we are at mcucast.com, facebook.com slash mcucast, at mcucast on Twitter, or you can just write us an email at mcucast at gmail.com. Um, if you want to call and leave us a voicemail so we can play your feedback on the podcast, call us at 573-CAST-MCU. Um, we have enjoyed casting to you guys this evening. We're looking forward to hearing your feedback about Ant-Man. Let us know how it is. Uh, talk to you on Friday. Friday.